Wrestling Podcast, a Prairie Proud Wrestling Podcast covering everything from Winnipeg to worldwide. My name is Blair Pacheco. We are, things are cooking. I mean, we're into October. Halloween is right around the corner. And not only is Halloween right around the corner, but LPW 20 is right around the corner. And my guest today will be front and center, like usual for LPW, this time involved in a trios tag match with some very heavy stipulations. Joining me this week on the podcast, T.Y. Jackson. T.Y., how are things going? Good, Blair. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm, I'm doing pretty good. You know, thanks thanks for asking. It's always nice when the guest asks how I'm doing. Um, before we kick into things, I have, to, I have to bring up, because I saw the clip, and I found it absolutely incredible from that LPW Sherwood Park show where <laughs> you were just chasing kids around. I mean... When T.Y. is for the people, I mean, it doesn't matter if they're young or old. T.Y. is very fan interactive. Yeah, I mean, watching that clip back was kind of, uh, I was like, man, I scared that kid. I kind of feel <laughs> bad for him, you know? <laughs> that was like a genuine scream, like from the inside, you know? <laughs> but, uh, Seeing everything from that show, and I mean, just how into it the kids were, because they were right up. I mean, they were pulling Thaddeus down from the ring. I mean, you kind of have to love those very fan interactive events where they can get up close and personal with you guys oh yeah for sure it definitely makes it more enjoyable on our end you know Mm -hmm. Uh, when the fans interact and especially the kids too like they they just get into it more than like any other age demographic you know they they hate the bad guys they love the good guys so i mean that short park show they definitely uh they gave me a run for my money there I think it really, it's a testament to a lot of the wrestlers who have that capability of being able to react, interact with the younger crowd. Because I mean, for some wrestlers, they just don't have, you know, you know, the patience for it, you know, whereas you see someone like, you know, what you were doing there or Bobby Shink is a great example with his syrup, because like, as soon as kids see that they they just go ape ape shit for it and just have to be part of it you know like that syrup so i mean like seeing you interact with the kids too i mean i love seeing that stuff yeah no it's a lot of fun so yeah definitely enjoy doing those shows for sure um now let's talk from the beginning because you were born in toronto correct yes born in toronto. did you grow up there when did the move out west happen uh so i lived in toronto until i was about maybe nine or ten years old okay um so yeah so the first kind of 10 years of my life i don't remember much of it but a lot of like the the big moments you know growing up i remember uh being in toronto there so uh yeah no it's a great city i i love i love uh going back there Mm -hmm. i hate the traffic but uh, yeah so it's yeah just about 10 years old i think okay and i mean so you move out west and ty growing up what what was ty getting up to what sort of uh what were your hobbies what sort of things were like really you into at the time well ty was a loser growing up <laughs> no i was i was a nerd yeah. um, like i was into sports and stuff but i was i was into wrestling like i just loved, loved wrestling I, yeah. no pun intended <laughs> um but i watched it all the time growing up it was kind of like my 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 thing that i would do Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, played a lot of sports was into that, you know, just a normal kid growing up in, in Edmonton. So I feel like, you know, it's sort of the same thing. We're like playing sports, but then also like, you know, maybe 
because I know myself growing up, like, you know, we'd always get together, play street hockey, go play football, whatever it was, but like never on a team, just like, you know, all the kids growing up, that was like sports for us. I'm, I'm sure it's the same for you. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, you know, there was always the kids in the neighborhood that you would just always go play outside with. And I, I want to say, I don't want to say I'm the last era, but like, I feel like kids these days don't do that as much. They don't go outside and, and play with each other as much as we did. You know, I, I um, it was so. always after school, you know, you kind of went and played. That was what you did until you got called home. But yeah, I rarely see it now. I, I miss seeing kids playing street hockey outside. Like, that's what I want to see, you know, like, cause I got sticks downstairs. I'll grab them and go play too. You know, like <laughs> I'll show them who's boss exactly right show up those skills <laughs> do you remember what your because i mean you were into wrestling growing up do you remember what your first sort of wrestling memory was oh gosh like whenever people ask me this question it's always like i get a lot of things in my head because i don't remember a particular moment it was just always something that like i watched growing up and it was just always part of of, of my childhood um i do remember like gosh i think it was like a cage match in like 2008 it was like batista versus taker or something like that okay or 2007 i don't know i remember that was like when i think back to like, what was my first like memory mm -hmm. that kind of comes to my head but as far as i know it was just always there for me you just made me feel so old with that right there <laughs> yeah sorry <laughs> that's okay <laughs> um were you able to go to shows growing up at all like was that on your radar like whether local or like when wwe would come to town yeah so whenever wwe came to town which was rare around that time at least um mm -hmm. they would i would always go i remember the raw i think it was in 2011 um when like they kept throwing back uh, uh cena's shirt like they did at the ecw show yeah um so i remember that I remember going to that um and i think they did a smackdown as well too um but when it comes to local shows i went to one and that okay. was the pwa show where they brought in um aj styles and a samoa joe i believe it was okay um so that's the one indie show i like remember going to other than that not really what year was that one do you remember oh gosh it might have been like maybe 06 07 okay. I, I genuinely don't remember yeah <laughs> i just remember the going there and going to that show but i don't remember anything about it to be honest other than those two I, I you know it was probably 06 because like i was looking up this is going to sound very nerdy but yesterday i was looking up results from a, a show around then and yeah. a, a local show here had aj and samoa at the same time so i'm like mm -hmm. i'm sure they just did like a canadian tour all the way through yeah no i think at that point i was just like wanting to go to wrestling i was obsessed so much that my dad just kind of looked for any closest local wrestling show that was available <laughs> just to like keep me quiet for a few months so um yeah were your parents also into wrestling at all or that was more just your adventure my mom was so my mom yeah. really got me into wrestling so yeah it was always me and her kind of watching uh wrestling growing up together it was kind of our like bonding time mm -hmm. um which inevitably made us like much closer because we'd always spend a lot of time together and eventually you know you spend time together you start to talk about other things outside of wrestling and you get to become closer and stuff like that but um uh, my dad wasn't really a huge fan he'd come walk by and he'd like make a comment or two um but yeah so most of them I think that's par for the course with dads and wrestling sometimes because mine was the same way. Yeah, exactly. They always have a snarky comment, but then they sit down and watch and they're like, they start reacting and you're like, well, why are you making all these comments? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then as soon as you say that, that's when they get up to do it because they've been like found out. It's like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Been caught. <laughs> <laughs> like growing up then watching, who were some of your favorites? Oh gosh. So I would say CM Punk was one of my favorites growing up. 
definitely a big fan of him. Jeff Hardy, uh, Kofi Kingston, I was a huge fan of. So those three were like my favorite um, mm. because they weren't like big guys by any means, but they were like just so athletic and like so different. And they all had like something about them just like drew you to them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, those are like my three, three favorites mm. growing up. So, I mean, now I want to ask, what was it that inspired you to actually get involved with wrestling? I think it's honestly probably the just the like the spectacle that pro wrestling is like there's something about it that just makes you feel something whether mm-hmm. it's like happiness anger you know whatever emotion it is like there's something about it that makes you feel um and a lot of times like watching different sports and stuff like you get that excitement but there's nothing you don't get that like personal connection that you might feel with somebody like your favorite wrestler or like you know a, a favorite match or something like that so um to me that was what really drew me to it and you know learning more about like what wrestling is and kind of what goes into it as soon as i got older i was like man this is like really cool like what they're doing here mm-hmm. and how they're able to like captivate people and, and make them really um follow them through a ride and stuff was kind of what really really made me like love it even more. So that's what mm-hmm. kind of drew me into maybe wanting to do it um, when I got older. I think it's like, cause you know, we'll always talk about like, you know, matches that, you know, like, oh, this match is really cool or this spot. But sometimes it's like the moments in wrestling that like you get that connection with, you know, like you'll be watching something and it can be something as simple as like the crowd reaction to someone coming out and you like, you know, well, I'll say when Edge showed up in AEW, you know, like I'm mm-hmm. by no means a huge Edge fan, but you hear the reaction when he comes out and like you get goosebumps at it because like you have all those people just going nuts for this wrestler coming out. Like you can't help but enjoy it. Exactly. Yeah. And I find that like I'm the same way too. I don't think it's necessarily matches and stuff. Like I have favorite matches and favorite wrestlers, obviously, that like draw me towards wrestling more. But for me, I think like just younger, it was seeing like the spectacle and seeing like the the fireworks and mm-hmm. seeing like the WrestleMania sets where they were like so huge and elaborate and like it kind of just made you like immerse into like this world, like almost like this mm-hmm. video game world that's completely separate from reality, you know. And mm-hmm. you can kind of things the rules aren't the same in wrestling as it is in real life. So you can kind of like fantasize about things and 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 look at things a different way. So yeah, I definitely agreed uh when are you thinking that you're going to get involved with wrestling like that you want to take the steps to become a wrestler oh man there's probably like multiple instances you know I was, like probably when i was like 11 or 12 i would be like oh i want to be a wrestler and everybody's like yeah. okay sure um <laughs> but uh i think what it really became serious was when i was like just the end of high school so i was probably like 17 years old and i remember vividly because what match it was that actually made me want to get into wrestling itself it was the 2016 SummerSlam uh between AJ Styles and John Cena and that to me was like watching that match and still my favorite match of all time but watching that match to me was like I remember like finishing it and like I need to do this like Mm -hmm. I have to do this whether it's now whether it's like in the future like I'm gonna do it so that's when like I set my mind to it um but I didn't think like it would be really close then after that I started wrestling and getting into it so yeah, because right after, you pretty much got the ball rolling with getting into training shortly after, correct? Yeah, exactly. probably like a few months after is when when I really started to go into it. And like I knew there was promotions around, obviously, um, and different things, but I wasn't really familiar with the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just hit a quick Google search of like pro wrestling schools, and obviously Lance Storms came up and, and Monster Pro Wrestling came up, and um, those were the two kind of that were like the closest to me. So I kind of toyed between the two, of like going to Lance's and going to Monster Pro, and it's actually really close to go to Lance's that year, uh, uh, just so things worked out. It was just much easier to stay close to home and then get yeah. that training in. So, 
Well, let's talk about Monster Pro Wrestling because, I mean, you see like a good chunk of wrestlers based out of Alberta and Western Canada have all come through Monster Pro. I mean, so like let's talk about, you know, your first day of training. Like what's going through your mind when you step through the doors there? I think it was just surreal to see a wrestling ring. Mm -hmm. I remember that being kind of like the first big thing that like uh, got my attention. Cause I mean, you see it on TV, you see like even going to like that one local show I went to, you could see the ring, but like it just se seems so far away, but actually being in there and being like, Oh, like, I'm actually going to step into this ring. Like this is actually going to be me like doing training in this ring was like the, the thing that kind of caught my eye. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, it was, it was very, ner it was nerve wracking, but it was exciting. I was like, you know, like worst case scenario, if nothing else happens in my life, <laughs> I can say that I at least stepped into a wrestling ring once. So mm -hmm. um, I was at least happy that I took the step that a lot of people sometimes don't take when it comes to chasing their dreams and stuff. So Yeah. And I mean, that's yeah. a huge props to you because a lot of people will talk it, you know, but you actually, you know, you, you talk the talk and you walk the walk, so to say you actually got involved with it. So like, with your class going through is was there anyone you know still going strong today as a part of that class or who else yeah. was there so i think my first class mitch clark was there actually so okay him and i started at the same time um and it's crazy to look at how like we've become all these years later but i mean he came from a completely different you know he's already a decorated fighter and stuff like that so he came in to try out wrestling he already accomplished a lot in his career and i was just like this you know scrawny 18 year old kid or 17 year old kid just like excited to be there so uh, i think mitch is the one that like pops out to my mind that still does it but there was a lot of the guys that are like uh still wrestling now that were already part of mpw at the time um mm -hmm. and were training there anyway so yeah was there any reservations after you had, you know, gotten involved with the training? No, not at all. No. In fact, I think it made it even more of like a, oh, like, I okay, I'm doing this, like, for sure. Because going into it, I was a little like, it was a mini camp. So it was like, okay, it's only two days. Um, so I wasn't actually sure if I was going to do the full, you know, commit to training and, yeah. and do it full time. I was like, okay, I'm just going to do this mini camp and see how it goes, you know. Um, so I had no plans to, like, do it full time at that point. But I think mm -hmm. at the end of the second day, I was like, yep. It's, this is it. I'm doing it. You know, I, I'm already in it. That Might as well. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, who were the trainers for the mini camp? Was it, was it massive damage and who else? So, so there was a lot of, uh, at that point, it was very much like a communal training, if okay. that makes any sense. So like massive damage taught you like the basics and he was kind of like the head of the, the training center, okay. but in the ring was like, actually the majority of my training initially came from Cato. Um, who was a, who's a wrestler local here. Um, so he taught me a lot of things. Um, son of Irish's dad, uh, the Irishman, he was there. Um, he, he gave a lot of training there as well too. Uh, Chris Parrish, uh, mm -hmm. as well. So uh, a lot of those like veteran guys who were there at the time, they were the people, guys who were kind of taking care of the, the training there. So it was a little bit of everybody. Mm -hmm. I mean, early on, what were some of the, like the biggest lessons you learned from stepping foot in the ring? Oh gosh. Oh, I think there's a lot. Like, I think the, the biggest thing I learned getting, going into training for the first time was like, oh, like this is a, a sport that like requires a lot of like communication and respect and like trust. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, being a young kid there, sometimes you, you don't fully grasp that and, and, um, you, you might get caught up in like the moves and caught up in all the training and like, and, and the character work and all that stuff. But, um, learning about like, oh, how to like, conduct yourself how to speak to people how to how to do communicate properly how to you know air any grievances that you have in the right way like mm -hmm. all that those things is like really important and i'm glad i had like a good circle around me initially that uh that uh, kind of taught me that and, and and 
maybe understand that that's the most important thing before any of the other things start. So being a, like a younger, younger person getting involved with wrestling, especially right after high school. I mean, uh, I think it's almost fortunate in this day and age to be involved with a group like that, who is there to help bring you along. Because I mean, you look back, you hear the stories of generations past and like, it could have been like a rough situation heading into something like that. Yeah, for sure. And like, even looking back at that now, like versus today, like even back then it was like, Oh, like, like today is so much better. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And like people are, everybody's always evolving and things are always changing. So like, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 I was lucky that I broke in at the time that I did. Um, but I mean, I, I guess people who are breaking in now probably have it even way better than, yeah. than I had it and people in, in, in generations past. So as long as I think we're moving forward and doing, doing it the right way, then that's, that's good. Right. Uh, what did your parents say when you told them you were going to get involved with wrestling? <laughs> oh, great. The, the dreaded conversation I had to have. <laughs> 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 I think um, I think it took a while for them to come around to it uh, mm -hmm. initially. Um, my mom was a fan, so she kind of understood it. But also because she was a fan, it became a little more scarier because she knows what could have happened or like yeah. what can happen. Um, but I think the way that I did it and, and kind of um, – you know, putting some other focus as well to other areas of life that are important too, and having a healthy balance, I think is kind of what um, allowed them to come around to it. I think if I went hundred percent all into wrestling and I was like, Oh, I'm not like, you know, going to school or anymore. I'm just, mm -hmm. I'm just going to do this. Maybe they would have had a harder time, yeah. but uh, I think the, the way that I approached it with them was kind of the best way possible. But um, yeah, it's always a tough conversation to have. <laughs> oh, for sure. Do you remember your first match and who it was with? Yeah. So I was, uh, Okay, so my first official match was like a, a, a battle royal. So I don't know if that really counts. But most of pro wrestling has this battle royal that they do at the end of every November. Um, and it's like a fans bring the weapons battle royal. Um, so I, I, I'm sure you can imagine being like a young rookie going into a battle royal with a bunch of vets who have <laughs> every weapon at their disposal that they can use against you. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it was an interesting night. But like my first actual match match was like a tag match. So... Um, it was a triple threat tag. It was me um, and this other trainee at the time. His name was Big Ben. It was not 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 the Ben we have now, <laughs> but another Big Ben. Um, and it was against uh, the Dad Bod Squad. So Rick Jules and, and James Crowder was one of the other teams. And then Sidney Steele and Tyler James, who were known as the Shark Club at the time. So they were the other team there. So um, it was a little easier because there was five other people in the ring to take care of me. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, nerve wracking nonetheless. I was looking back at some of the results from those shows and seeing some of the tag team names. I mean, like, I don't know what it is, but there's some creative shit out there. <laughs> Definitely unique. Yeah, I think we were called the Supreme Squad. Mm -hmm which I think was our choice. Um, but yeah, there's definitely some interesting names and some, some creative uh, uses flowing there. <clears throat> Pardon me. I mean, like you've had quite the career when it comes to wrestling, whether it's tag team or singles. I mean, did you have any preference with it? I mean, especially starting off? Oh yeah, I had no desire to be in a tag team. <laughs> if I'm being 100 percent honest with you, I think uh, I think I just envisioned myself being like a singles wrestler. And I feel like a lot of people are that way if they like like if you grow up watching wrestling alone, you don't have friends and stuff like that who are into it, you know, you kind of envision yourself being a solo wrestler. I can mm -hmm. see if like you grow up with like friends or like you had a brother who was into it too. You could be yep. like, oh, you know, we could be a tag team. But for me, it was just me. So um, I didn't envision myself being a tag wrestler at all. Um, mm -hmm. And then, you know, fast forward, I think I've been in like three different tag teams now in my career. So, but I've grown a love and appreciation for it. And um, I think the wrestling like uh, 
the crowds as well too have grown appreciation for tag wrestling now than you know that wasn't there beforehand so yeah I, I mean, I, th- I think that's definitely true. And I mean, when I was looking, I mean, yeah, you did have, you know, a handful of partners, you know, success with each one. And I wanted to talk about your partnership with Rich, I mean, as part of the Rads, because I mean, for a good chunk of, you know, the post-COVID era, I mean, you guys were one of the most decorated teams in Western Canada. I mean, whether it was, you know, Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, you were defeating the best teams out there pretty much. Oh, thank you, Blair. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think at that point in our careers as well, and just to let in a little secret, we both didn't want to tag with each other at that point either. Um, <laughs> we were <laughs> we were good friends at that point, and like we already like developed like the like the the group that was the Rads, like personally, like we were real close. But that was around the time when we left Monster Pro, and we were like, I was done with tag wrestling. Rich mm-hmm. wanted to do some single stuff because he did a lot of tag wrestling too. Um, but I think just the way that things came up, it was like, okay, well, now we're in this tag team. Um, so we tried to make it unique and make it fun. Um, mm-hmm. And I think we were kind of fortunate because we were wrestling weekly at the time. So we were able to like try out different things and like, you know, it was kind of a little bit of a lower pressure situation. We're like, oh, if this doesn't work out, we can always, you know, move on and stuff. So, um, I think through doing all those different things and like being creative. And once we started going, it was like, Oh, like this is, this is really fun stuff. And and we were actually enjoying tagging with each other. And I think not, no offense to the other tag partners, but I think this is, that was the first time where like, I was like, Oh, I want to be in this tag team versus yeah. like I was put into this tag team and we made it work. Mm-hmm. Um, this was actually something that we wanted to do. And we were like talking about, so yeah. You mentioned being able to try new things, you know, when you're doing those, you know, working weekly together, was there anything that you guys tried that fell absolutely flat that it was one of those, we are never trying this again? Oh, I'm sure there probably is. (laughs) (laughs) I think think for the most part, we had a a lot of success in in what we did. I mean, mm-hmm. I think there might have been like a couple like of moves that we tried or like a couple of like, you know, um promos that we did that were like, oh, like this this isn't good that um thankfully didn't see the the light of day. But I think for the most part we were kind of like on the same wavelength. So uh, I might not remember as much, maybe ritual, but uh, I might have to get back to you on that one. Uh, creatively, where were you, where are you guys grabbing like inspiration from when it comes to, you know, like moves or character work promos any of that sort of stuff uh probably from just the conversations we have in our like Mm -hmm. personal lives really i find like most of the things that we do kind of just stem from like conversations we've had or like you know somebody will say something that like gets a reaction or like you know people will like you know thumbs up it in the group chat or something and then i'll be like oh this is great like we could like (laughs) use this as an actual thing just how can we mold it into like a wrestling kind of appropriate way so the majority of it is organic you know but i think when it comes to moves and stuff like all that all those things are kind of recycled so it's like how do we like add our own spin to it and like you know make it our own so yeah i'd be amiss if i didn't ask because i i I think i've asked everyone else just about the formation of the rads and just getting Uh your viewpoint on how it all came to be okay so yeah um so yeah, I started back at Monster Pro. Um, I think, so I don't know if I'm right on this, but I might have my timelines wrong or something, but they were kind of all, like I would say Ben, Rich, Mitch, and Larry were all kind of like friends initially. Um, ben was actually the first person there at Monster Pro. So um, he was kind of the first person I met and they kind of became friends. 
with Rich and Larry. And I know Mitch and Larry tagged as well too. So like they were kind of close. And so I was kind of the last person in the fold, <laughs> um, if that, that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I became pretty good friends with Mitch. So then Mitch kind of introduced me to like, oh, Rich and Larry kind of in a different way. And we do like more car rides and stuff like that and just like travel places. Um, and that's kind of how it really formulated. It was just really just us kind of hanging out and and uh, doing shows together and kind of gravitating towards each other and like spending time with each other and stuff like that. And that's kind of how it really came to be. We were like friends for like years before it actually even became anything that we did at shows and stuff like that. So what I absolutely love is like you see how all of you are in the ring together and like, you know, the the enjoyment, the energy, all the fun you guys are having. And then it's the exact same taking all of you outside of the ring like when we're just kind of hanging around and like it's the same energy everyone's laughing joking and just having the greatest time and i think like seeing that it's just like it's really nice to see when it comes to like wrestling just having that friendship oh yeah for sure i feel like when it's authentic it just makes it so much easier because like i mean at the end of the day it's wrestling you're playing a character but like Mm -hmm. if you can make that character like as close to you as possible it makes it so much easier because then your natural instincts can kick in and you don't have to worry about like you know presenting yourself in a different way like i always find the people who do like the characters that are complete like 180s from who they are like i have a lot of respect for that because you have to like focus on like being this character Mm -hmm. versus us it's it's just us you know (laughs) hanging out just like saying just you know changing words and making sure that you know it's appropriate for for a restaurant <laughs> show but, but uh but yeah like even when you were there at lpw it was like yeah we were just hanging out chatting like having conversations you yeah. know roasting each other and that's how we are like yeah. in real life so it's great like um like when it comes to like you know the rads when it comes to lpw i mean like seeing the progression for everyone and yourself i mean like many people were calling you the uncrowned champion of LPW. I mean, like the, the support that you were getting was overwhelming. And I mean, like we can, you know, we'll talk about the, the last show because I mean, it was very, you know, like that's when we talk about moments, like the, the post-match promo there where, you know, you had defeated Reed and someone from the Rads is getting a title shot, seeing the post-match promo there with all of you, with Larry, I mean, like, that was a moment and like you could feel everyone just like is so invested into everything and the support and all of it was just like that's what i love about professional wrestling oh yeah for sure i think those that's my favorite part of wrestling is like just the storytelling Mm -hmm. and uh, i think that was the first time at least that i was involved in like a major storyline that had like so much emotion and so much like you know um background and stuff to it because like everything there that like at least i said and a lot of things that larry said was like real stuff mm-hmm. um and we were able to like channel in like some like real life frustrations or like real life aspirations and dreams and goals and all that to the promo so it made it so much like more enjoyable and I, so much more proud of the body of work that we were able to yeah. do because like it genuinely like it had a good reaction but it also was like okay this is actually what we're going through these are things that we're actually feeling at certain points in our career how can we channel that into like some good storytelling so it's my favorite part i find and i was very happy to do that promo because yeah i haven't done anything as like remotely close to that in a Mm -hmm. long time so did it ever did it surprise you the reactions you were getting there in the rec room because like the crowd was very firmly behind you like especially the past few shows and it seemed to be building more and more as we went yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's always like, I always, when people cheer and stuff like that, I always like, I'm like, I'll oh, stop it. Like, I, don't know, it's, <laughs> <laughs> I, get, I get like shy. I'm like, no, like, don't do that. But um, 
I find being a heel for such a long time, like switching over to babyface, I guess, is like it's been just super fun to like actually, you know, have people support you and stuff like that. Because I mean, like as a heel, they support you as well. Like they're all in on it. But like, mm-hmm. you know, as human beings, we're just naturally more inclined to have people like like us and cheer for us and stuff like that. It like kind of pulls a different string of your heart when people are supporting you. Um, but I mean, it's a testament to like the storytelling that like love has allowed us to like. Uh, engage in and like the the way that we kind of built up this whole like championship angle and stuff like that you know it, it's been a group effort it's not just me but like reed matthews in that match just being in like an amazing heel and allowing me to like you know really shine zoe zoe being like the best heel in that in that um kind of storyline that we're in you know so it's mm-hmm. like it's a it's a group effort so i'm not gonna take all credit for it i mean now for there's there are people who have yet to see you wrestle and i mean first off shame on them but like if they haven't seen you wrestle like who are you if you're going to tell someone like you know this is who i've taken inspiration from who has ty taken inspiration from when it comes to in-ring work oh in-ring work it's probably i'd say a lot of kofi yeah a lot of kofi a lot of new day i do like yeah a lot of the 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 move sets and just the character work too like um the way that they've been able to portray themselves like different than like what the mold has kind of told them that they should be like what what a character um or a person like them should be they kind of took a complete 180 and did something else mm-hmm. and i feel like that that's kind of the inspiration i took it's like how can i have somebody look at me and think a certain way and then give them like something completely different and make them think something else you know that's kind of what i would ex- explain the toi character but it's had a lot of iterations so it just depends on what uh, year of toi you want to know about but the current toi <laughs> at least at lpw or um is yeah kind of inspiration of that like new day kind of uh dx kind of vibe i would say with the rads as well too so i mean you've shown that you can you know step into the ring with anyone and be able to put on incredible matches whether it's you know more of a solid powerhouse you know like reed matthews or i mean you know facing off against you know john morrison and arrow boy you know the high flyers you know you're you're able to go compete with them and you know not miss a step has there been any you know aspirations or anything like that of you know maybe going down to mexico you know wrestling or training in the lucha style a little bit more oh for sure i feel like that's like anybody at least anybody who's like likes the lucha style of like high flying i feel like mexico is probably the best place to learn from it and like you mentioned arrow boy and like john morrison all those guys who like kind of taught me a different way of like doing things and a different way to like even just do the same thing but change it up in a way that makes it like you know 10 times better or something like that so i feel like yeah and if you're a lucha fan you have to want to go down to mexico at some point so that's definitely on the bucket list yeah anything else that's you know you kind of have pieced on there that you'd like to be able to check off in what sense uh just bucket list idea or bucket list items you know what you know like you know training in mexico maybe Mm. there's places you'd like to wrestle or people is there anything else on there i find that's a hard question because like i have certain like things i want to do but like at the same time i just kind of want to try everything mm-hmm. i feel like you have to be open-minded in wrestling in, in some sense and try doing different things so whether it's going down to mexico or going down to the states or like europe or japan and stuff like that i feel like there's different styles in different ways and i feel like the more places you go the different things you do it just makes you more well-rounded so yeah mm-hmm. i'm definitely just open to like trying everything out and, and um taking any opportunity that allows me to improve and get better and stuff like that so you have, I mean, you've been a part of some incredible matches. I mean, you know, I mentioned the match with Morrison that you had, but like, are there any others to you that really stand out that whether it's, you know, the moments or the matches that really stand out to you? 
Yeah, there's been a lot. I mean, the Morrison one is definitely up there. I feel like that's the top of my list so far, just because of like the the moment and the experience and all of it leading up to it was like just super surreal. Um, but like even like I had a match with like Silas Young and like mm -hmm. some small town in like Alberta, and like that was a lot of fun. Um, and I learned a lot working from him. Um, you know, I did uh, like even just this past weekend, like I had a match with Jack Pride, and like like I said, a small town, but like we were just able to like do some really cool things and different storytelling and stuff like that that like got some different reactions um a lot of the things that we did with the rads like you know me and rich going down to winnipeg and having that match with bobby shink and uh kevy kevin o'doyle yeah i think that it was um that was like a surreal experience and getting to to work in front of the crowd like that so like there's so many like i can just keep listing it off and off and off but uh, i find the majority of things i've done with the rads over over the past couple of years is just like created super cool moments i mean you mentioned the thing with larry too like last show as well mm -hmm. so there's so many I can keep going, but I'm gonna shut up now. <laughs> Do you notice the differences in the crowds? Like when you have like, you know, you mentioned the smaller town, you know, uh, something like that, as opposed to like, you know, the rec room in Edmonton, are there different vibes in those crowds? Oh, for sure. I feel like um, when it comes to like, I consider them like bigger shows. Like I like, for example, the rec room and stuff like that. I feel like there's a, a different kind of sophisticated, like, uh, they're more a sophisticated wrestling fan in that like they they kind of know what to do they know what uh, wrestling is they they're they're looking for more of that storytelling wrestling that kind of gives them that like feeling where like smaller towns are just like usually a lot of things don't come down there right so yeah. wrestling is probably like the biggest spectacle they've had in like months right so they're just happy to be there so you can kind of get away with like doing different things that's a little bit more simpler like things that you know um a lot of kids a lot of times too so like you know things to kind of interact with them so um it, it's definitely different but i feel like yeah if you can be well-rounded and work the two i feel like you can kind of just like do anything uh, I had mentioned in the intro LPW 20 and that's, you know, by the time this comes out is days away and it's a pretty big stipulation in that match because you got yourself, Rich and Ben basing off against, um, TJ Mars and Thaddeus, the losing team loses their manager from LPW. I mean, that's a pretty big stipulation considering how impactful both those guys are in LPW. Yeah. I feel like it's a lose, lose situation at the end of the day but mm -hmm. i mean at the end of, I, I get where spencer's coming from because like for the past like year or so it's just been constant and um this is the definitive end so uh at this point we're just gonna send thaddeus archer home uh packing uh mm -hmm. hopefully we can get dr kyoto back that's that's our goal mm -hmm. um because he's he's a great uh, manager but uh it's definitely going to be interesting and I'm looking forward to, you know, getting that W, you know, because we need Ben. We need Ben and his pasty legs. Like him and his pasty <laughs> legs are just important to us. I don't know what we're going to do without him, but um, we got him training. We're going to yeah. we're going to get him. We're going to get him in tip top shape so he can get that W. I mean, I, I had mentioned with Plugo on for exposure how Ben does have the most incredible drip when it comes to wrestling because nobody rocks an outfit like him so i i would be a little sad to see that not in lpw anymore just saying oh, from an best. outside yeah but like the best trip like i'm stealing some of his trip too you know i'm like yeah i'm like you know you gotta let me some of those bucket hats man because you're looking good in them um, uh, the bucket yeah. hats are coming back apparently you know so oh yeah ben made them cool again at least in the wrestling sense so um <laughs> but yeah we need those pasty legs ben so we'll get it done
this is, I mean, for the most part, I ask looser questions, but this is a bit of a serious one when it comes to that match I want to ask, because I mean, you have been focusing more on singles wrestling. Are you worried about losing a step at all, teaming back up with Rich? Because I mean, it's been a while since you guys have tagged an LPW. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't think we've tagged that LPW like just the two of us before. Okay. I think it's either been like in a six match situation or something. But like, no, like I'm not nervous at all in that aspect. Uh, in fact, I'm like more confident than ever because I mean, Rich and I, we kind of just have that natural chemistry, and it's the same with everybody else. Like same with uh, Ben, same with uh, Mitch and Larry. Like we just have that natural chemistry. Um, and every you know team in the Rads is a little different, you know, mm-hmm. and a little unique. So um, I'm not worried at all in that aspect. You know, I think uh, I think we'll kind of be a solid unit. I think the other thing is just getting ben <laughs> yeah. to uh, to be to be ring ready and stuff like that i think is the part that i'm slightly worried about but still confident in him because i know he can do it so you guys are like it's a, a, a very like you know the comparison i'm going to do is a little bit of a reach but it's like very four horsemen-esque where you can have like you know flair teaming with arn or flair teaming with tully and just being able to do like different ones and the team still being effective mm-hmm, so for sure yeah, and, and I think it makes it useful as well to have a group that like any two can tag because then you know if one needs to sub out like Larry in this instance since he's going to be going for the grand championship, you know it's like okay, well now I need to sub in and there's no worry of like having to like figure out a game plan and figure mm-hmm. out tag moves and stuff like that. It's like no, like we know everything, you know we freebird everything, so we got <laughs> we oh got our we, we got our, uh, our our stuff. So I'm not worried uh, about that. I'll be fully expecting a top rope hurricane Rana from Ben Omen in this matchup when I'm watching. So. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna try to do it. He might not listen to me, but uh, <laughs> I think I don't think I'm gonna get him to hit a, like a stereo swanton's with me. But Hell, I don't know. One yes. Minute, I <laughs> um, now, I mean, I always like to ask for a match recommendation for the listeners, so not necessarily your favorite, but one that you think that they should go check out. Uh, so it's the one. Okay, one of them I mentioned earlier was AJ and Cena at. Uh, Money in the Bank 2016. I mm-hmm. really enjoyed that one. Um, gosh, there's one match that happened. It was the New Day versus Pretty Deadly. I think it was last year. I don't remember what NXT pay-per-view it was. Mm-hmm. But that was probably one of my favorite tag matches that I've seen yet. Um, so I, I'm sure you could track it down on the network. But um, one of one of my favorite matches. New Day and Usos also as well, if you're looking for tag recommendations. It's a great one. Um there's obviously the Cena and Punk in 2011, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Taker and, and, and Michaels at WrestleMania, both of them, you know. So I think those would be like my recommendations, I would say. I, I still have never seen that Taker and Michaels match and everyone always talks about it. So one day. Blair, you I haven't know. seen Taker and no. Michaels? I was. Are you just doing it on purpose now to get a reaction? No, I was just fully checked out <laughs> of wrestling at that point. Fair. So I just never went back to watch it. But you're the first person I've mentioned that to, so. Fair I'll enough. Okay, well, I'll, I'll keep your secret. <laughs> I'll make it a point to watch it at some point, but like, I already know what happened, so it's tough to like go That's back. Fair. So yeah, yeah, I respect that. I respect that. <laughs> um, when it comes to upcoming shows, what do you have on the docket where people can see you at uh, upcoming events? And I mean, oh, yeah. this is airing end of October, so it's if you have November dates, I guess. Okay, so November dates, that's a good... Well, I think the one I could always confirm is uh, LPW at the end of the month in November on the 24th, mm-hmm. I believe it is. Um, so that's the only one that I know offhand now, but I'm, I'm assuming I'll also be at, at RCW in Edmonton um, and other places during that month too. So, um, But yeah, that's the one I can confirm that, that I'll be at, you know. Yeah. And, and hopefully can... Judge Ben will be there with us too. 
Fingers crossed. Fingers yes. crossed. Um, I mean, people can also follow your social media for all of your also, uh, upcoming shows as well. So mm-hmm. I'd be amiss if I didn't point that out as well. Where can people find you online? Yeah, so on, I'm on Instagram and Twitter. You can or X now. Sorry, I have to say X. Um, so Elon doesn't get us. Um, but <laughs> I'm at uh, T.Y. Jackson, all of those. So, uh, yeah, so you can follow me there. T.Y., thank you so much for joining me. This was a blast. I really appreciate it. No, thank you for having me, Blair. Um, I don't. I think I'm the last, the final rads to be on Grainmaker. Is that? Is that? Is that? Uh, it is. And okay, I will be honest because this is the plan I had. Because like, I'm trying to book the LPW shows in my head, and I'm thinking I'm like, okay, well, Ty is going to beat Reed. He's going to get the title shot, and then hey, I'm going to have him as the guest leading into the LPW 20 show with this title mm-hmm. shot, you know, around his getting ready for that. And then Larry took it. And I'm like. Ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> I guess that, yeah, just kind of, just kind of took a shit in your plans there, hey. And oh, I was wondering, uh-huh. I was like, "Ha, huh, Blair, Blair hasn't talked to me yet." Now, is it because uh, you wanted to wait because you know, save the best for last, or you just really didn't want to talk to me? Because I'm thinking, I'm like, perfect. <laughs> you know, like the build is going to be massive for this, and then like I can, you know, send it out there as well as you know. T.Y.'s got this upcoming shot against Zoe, you know, he's going to win yeah. the title. And then it's like, no, Larry's taking it. I'm like, God damn yeah, it, Larry. Larry slipped in and took that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Just, we love Larry. <laughs> I love Larry too, but Larry, you really fucked me over on this one. Yeah, he so. followed your plans there, Larry. You heard that? You owe, <laughs> you owe Grain Maker a beer or something. Thank you so much to T.Y. And thank you for checking out the podcast. I say it every time. I will always say it. I truly appreciate you taking time out of your day to listen to me talk about wrestling. If it's your first time listening, you can find me up on Twitter or X at Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. You can find me up on all social media platforms at Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. Twitter is the one I use most, followed by Instagram. So there's a Facebook, but it's, you know, up on all podcast reading platforms. Email you can send to grainmakerpodcast at gmail.com. And I think that covers everything. I got a few t-shirts left. So if you're looking for a very fashionable shirt for this fall season, hit me up. You can also find me every Saturday here on Love Wrestling or at Love Wrestling doing four exposure with my good friend Plugo as we take a look at the world of independent wrestling. Thanks again for checking out the podcast. We'll talk soon.